This episode of Full Stack Radio is brought to you by Laracasts. Laracasts is the de facto community and educational resource for PHP developers of all skill levels. Whether you're new to Laravel or you're hoping to level up your dev team, Laracast was constructed entirely and exclusively for you. It's a lot like Netflix for your career. I think there's over 500 videos on there right now covering all sorts of topics from Laravel itself to different backend tools, front-end frameworks like Vue.js and React, design patterns, how to get better at Git. There's something on there for everybody. So check it out if you have a chance at Laracasts.com. And thanks again to Laracast for sponsoring Full Stack Radio. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 34 of the Full Stack Radio podcast, where I occasionally talk to Matt Machuga over and over and over again about different topics related <laughs> to software development. <laughs> so today I'm here with Matt Machuga for the fourth time on Full Stack Radio. Uh, how's it going, dude? Welcome back to the show. It's great. I love coming back. <laughs> so what's new? What's going on? Oh, I've spent the last, I don't know, maybe four months refactoring a huge node code base, so I'm all frazzled out in functions and lambdas and all that good stuff. How about you? Uh, Same old stuff, working on uh, some side projects and fun stuff like that. Kind of the topic I wanted to get into today kind of actually came from a little side project that I was working on, where I had an invitation object that I needed to create in my system, like say... One user already has an account and they want to invite another user to the system that doesn't have an account. And I need to keep track of these invitations in the database, right? So someone's going to go to some UI, they're going to type the email address of someone that they want to invite, hit invite, it's going to save that to the database, and then ultimately send an invitation email to that person. So this is a Laravel app, so this is like an eloquent model, you know, like an active record object that you'd have in a Rails code base. And the API that I really wanted to have for this was just invitation.send to send the invitation Mm -hmm. and actually send the email. And I struggled with this for a while because there's no way for me to like inject a mailer or anything into this object because I don't have control of the constructor. The constructor, you know, I'm inheriting from a base class that depends on the constructor working a certain way. So there's no way for for me to inject this. So I was thinking about um, kind of different strategies for solving this problem, either by figuring out a way to get that dependency in there or things that you could do instead of having to like send email directly from the model. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about what some of them were and what some of the advantages and disadvantages were. And maybe like what you guys do in Rubyland when you don't have control of a constructor or don't have the ability to inject a dependency somewhere, how you interact with, you know, external dependencies. So do you have any opening thoughts on the topic? Uh, gut reaction is almost like go straight to devil's advocate. And that's that's largely because like both in Ruby and in Laravel, we have um, kind of the facilities to mock it out automatically. Because if we can access the facade, we just kind of go in there and say, eh, the mailer is now going to be in-memory mailer or the memory is going to be the real one. And in Ruby, we can do that all the time with uh, any instance. It's a stubbing mechanism. So that's one way, and I know that like Taylor kind of goes goes that direction a lot. So that's kind of um, one way to think with that. The other way that I generally approach it is throw up my arms and say I give up and I inject something else. So um, I would probably use some sort of wrapping object for that, like send invitation, 
and then have that take a mailer as the constructor and then just have a, a default in there. Because I can't think of a, a real clean way to do it with a good interface. So let's first talk about the kind of like facade way. So like I was saying, the the ideal API for me would be invitation.send. And the only way to do that in my application with Laravel would be to use the facade like you're talking about. So you'd have to use like the mail facade directly from within the model, resolve the mailer out of the IOC container and basically rely on service location and global state essentially to do it right for the benefit of having that nice API. Now, a lot of people would say that, and myself probably included until I started thinking about this a little bit more recently and started trying to like really analyze like my justifications for things. I probably would have said in the past that like you should never really use a facade outside of maybe the controller layer because that layer is kind of already coupled to the framework anyways. It's mostly just convenient stuff you're doing in there, like redirect responses or generating views, um, that sort of thing. But I've always kind of felt dirty about like reaching into the service container directly from within inside some sort of like domain model. So I've been thinking about this a little bit more and trying to understand like why my gut reaction is to be so opposed to that. And I can't figure out if it's because there's really a good black and white, like you should never do that reason. Or if I'm just like somehow brainwashed by all <laughs> the <laughs> dependency injection talk that, you know, um, everyone has been talking about in the community for years and years and years. So I know in like the rails world, the default kind of mode of action is not to really think too much about worrying about injecting a dependency. Is that right? Am I thinking about that correctly? Like, I don't know. What do you think? Um, let's see the Ruby way inject. All right. Uh, I'm inclined not to make a broad sweepy existential statement about the whole Ruby community, but on one side of the fence, the long lived way is kind of like the follow the rails thing where you just kind of use what you want when you want. And then you just let kind of, you, you work around it in your tests. Um, so if you need it to be modular, then you could probably just go, go ahead and start some in injection thing there. But typically rails kind of kick things off with static ish methods everywhere. Right. I was trying to beat around the bush and not jump right into that, but yeah, I'll just go ahead and say it. If you remember back when like code igniter was the thing and people started switching out to like fuel Kohana, all those, we had a lot of static methods for everything. And that's because that interface was great in rails. It felt good to use. It was very clear what you're using. So that kind of became the canonical thing. And then that started to get people in trouble. And that's when the OOD camp came out in, uh, in Ruby and kind of was like, Hey, Java wasn't that bad. Maybe, maybe there's some good ideas there. So then the whole injection thing started and to actually like circle it back to the question using the static methods inside wouldn't be a bad thing. Right. But that's because Ruby's super flexible. I can go in and change the definition of a class at any point in time with PHP. You can't really do it past boot time. Unless you create some fancy construct to work around it, like facades and Laravel, for example. Right. Exactly. So whether you want to do that or not is one thing, but I'm kind of in the camp at this point that says, you know, if I don't think I'm going to expand this out or this area does not have a whole lot of churn, I'm pretty okay with having a dependency in the class, especially if it makes the interface a lot nicer and having the dependency injection wouldn't buy me anything. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been thinking is I've kind of been thinking, what are the alternatives and then comparing the alternatives to this and kind of trying to assess are the costs of the alternatives higher than the cost that I'm paying by doing that service location from inside the class. So when I started trying to think about like what alternatives I have, I think the first one that came to mind that probably a lot of people would recommend is to create a separate object whose entire responsibility is to send invitations, right? You said you might call it like send invitations. A lot of people might make something called like an invitation sender or an invitation mailer or something like that, right? Right. So you might have something like this invitation sender class that has a send invitation method that takes an invitation and sends that invitation. Now this invitation sender can take the mailer as its dependency and you can inject the invitation sender into the controller and the mailer is injected into the invitation sender and everything's injected all the way down the line and you're good to go. The thing that like rubs me the wrong way about that is like, I'm starting to see these classes that end in er as like a smell, especially when the class only has one method that's the same as the name of the class, just with the words swapped around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you have invitation, sender, send invitation, invitation. Like <laughs> it just feels like it feels like un o o to me. You know what I mean? You know, people say like an invitation shouldn't be able to send itself, right? Like that's what. That's the argument that someone would make if an invitation had a send method. Right. But does the invitation having a send method mean that it's sending itself? Or does it just mean that like send is something you can do with an invitation? Mm -hmm. When I look at like the Ruby standard library and you see string has a method like lowercase or uppercase, right? Or upcase, I guess it's upcase right, is the upcase, uppercase method. Case. Upcase and downcase. So no one would ever say like a string shouldn't be able to downcase itself. A string is just a string. It has like no ability to like enact actions in the world, right? Mm -hmm. You need a string downcaser that has a downcase string method. Like that seems ridiculous to everybody. I don't think anyone would argue that that seems really silly and that a string having a method on it that returns a downcase version of that string is a totally reasonable thing to do. But as soon as you start talking about like domain objects that might have more complicated behavior, it seems like everybody like jumps in fear if you know, an object has a method that's meant to do something with that object rather than like act on objects that come in as parameters. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about that in general? I think there's a lot of paradigm overlap there where the fears of one paradigm leak into the other one, or maybe the, uh, the confidence in one paradigm will cause you to question another one. <sighs> the way like a lot of the object oriented stuff works I think people have been bitten plenty of times in the past, right? So like, especially those who've been in Java where the type system and the way um, things have to be compiled, they enforce certain uh, restrictions on them. In PHP, there's really not the same set of restrictions. There's a few compile time things, but it's not nearly as big of a deal. Like we can cheat the entire type system thing without doing weird hacks. There's a lot of coercion. We can put methods onto whatever we want. I don't really find a lot of it to be bad. It's just a different way of looking at it. I mean, these days I tend to do more functional things, but if I'm writing OO code, I still try to do it in an OO way. It's just the dogma's kind of not there. I'm pretty okay with saying like, I like to weigh it in the consulting way. Like it depends. So if I'm in an OO class and things are going on. I have to change this thing every day or it's in it's an object that gets passed around everywhere. 
that's one of those cases where I actually care about what dependencies are inside of it. And if I know I'm going to have to change it or it's going to have to interoperate with several other classes or be polymorphically compatible with a few, then I'm going to be careful about what's in there. Then I'll probably try to inject everything into the constructor and kind of move forward. And this is like the same thing I said earlier. If it's one of those things that's like low churn and doesn't do a whole lot, I'm perfectly fine with sticking a hard-coded class in there, letting it do its work, um, and that's fine. So one thing I think you said there that's important that I think we should maybe like jot down as like an important point is that one of the important times that dependency injection becomes an important thing to be concerned about, not that it's not important to take into account all the time, but specifically if at runtime that dependency might be one of multiple dependencies, like in the same kind of life cycle of something in an application, if it could be one or one of some other, you know, amount of dependencies based on some conditions at runtime, like it's not always going to be the same thing, right? Then you definitely can't have the hard coded reference to it in the class. Even if like you could technically swap it out with monkey patching or something, I don't think anyone would say that monkey patching or like replacing the class definition at runtime is the right way to swap out like something, you know, in the same request life cycle because of some polymorphic thing. Like that would just be a silly thing to do. Maybe it's reasonable to do in tests, but at runtime, I don't think anyone would say that that's, you know, a good idea. So one important thing that might affect whether you want to inject a dependency or not is if it actually needs to change at runtime based on some, you know, affecting criteria. Right. I think another criterion that I think about a lot is uh, I mentioned churn from the perspective of inside the class, but also um, outside the class. Like if I have an object that's like common use, everybody uses this thing. I am very reluctant to expose anything else than what things need to know, because I might want to change that API. Um, So like this is where you get into like how many public methods you have and all that stuff. I keep them extremely low and I don't get past the law of Demeter too much uh, with the exception of like active record ones. But even when I see myself using that active record class or an object on the class, I make it a method so that I can go back and change it later. Cause that is the thing that bites me the most in the real world. Like, uh, I'm going to use this active record object everywhere. I'm going to do find where order by all this shit. And then I decide I don't want to expose that stuff anymore and I have to go back and change it in 30 files. And I will inevitably forget one and either wait till it gets up to the CI server or wait till I deploy it and oh shit. Totally. That 100% makes sense. So based on the two strategies that we've discussed so far where you might have an invitation, you know, let's bring it back to the concrete for a second here. Invitation that has a send method that has a reference to a mailer inside of it, whether it's resolved out of the container, whether it somehow news it up itself, or, you know, in Ruby, it can just have a reference to the class and you can replace it at runtime. That option versus an invitation sender with a send invitation method for the purpose of being able to inject the dependency and not have that hard-coded reference in there. Out of those two options, in this situation where we just have that active record object, that eloquent model that just represents a row in the database and pretty much the only responsibility it ever has is to get sent. Which of those two options do you think is actually simpler? Or what would you reach for? Typically, I reach for the extra class. Because to me, creating a class is cheap. But I wouldn't 
put a whole lot of dependency in there or a whole lot of dependency injection. Um, typically if I break something out and it's like a, a low usage thing, it's just, I need a functionality that I don't want to worry about. And I don't want it inside of my class that I'm working with. It would be like send invitations dot send when it's ready to go or send invitations dot new pass it in. And that takes the invitation as a parameter. Uh, yeah. Right? It could take the invitation. Um, it could take the parameters to send it as an invitation if you want it to keep the... Like the email address and stuff Yeah, like that. so like that way you could still have your fluent interface if you wanted that, or you could just have um, a hash being passed in. Um, just like a really simple object that does one thing super well. And that way if I call .new and I want to pass in an in-memory mailer, I can do that, but I don't have to worry about there being this new invitation object. Or are you saying that the invitation class is also the active record object itself? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if I already had that set up, I'd probably pass that in. Yeah. Okay. So I think that lately I've been leaning towards just using the facade reference inside the invitation class. Like, I think to me, I value that clean API and, you know, having less kind of classes to worry about mm -hmm. in my system than not feeling guilty about like reaching into like the globally available container, but that's like kind of a recent thing. So that's why I think it's interesting to talk about a third option, which is something that I actually did on uh, nitpick the PSR two like style checking SAS that I put out a few months ago is to create like wrapper objects for these domain objects. Like, so say I want an invitation to be able to send itself, you know, yeah, air quotes, send itself, whatever that means. <laughs> but I want the send method to exist on the invitation so I can call invitation send and have it get sent. If I want to be able to make sure that I don't have to reach outside of that class into anything globally available, what I've done in the past, like I did on that other project, was to basically have two invitation objects. One is like the invitation record, which just represents like the record in the database. And then I would have like the invitation object, like the domain object. And that invitation object would take the record in its constructor and any dependencies that it needed to do the work related to the methods that it had. So in this case, I might have an eloquent invitation, a mailer, and then an invitation domain object. And that invitation domain object, right, would just, it wouldn't be called invitation domain object. That's a ridiculous name for a class, but it would just be <laughs> called invitation. <laughs> but just to kind of be clear on the difference between the two, invitation would take the eloquent invitation and the mailer as constructor dependencies, and it would delegate to the active record object for any information that was stored there. And when I would call it dot send on it, it could use the mailer to you know, send itself or whatever. Right. Are you considering that a decorator or would that be just a class that includes it? Uh, I don't think of it really as a decorator. I mean, I, I just think of it, I guess it's just like using composition in general to just kind of put together what I need, mm -hmm. but that worked pretty well for me, but it came like uh, with some other costs that I'd like to discuss, but I'd like to get kind of your general idea on that approach before we get into that. Um, that sounds like a good one to me because you're still taking, like you're doing dependency injection, you're getting what you need into another class and you're kind of pulling that core logic out. The cost that I'm faced with using that approach is that now I need something to build the invitation objects for me because now I need something to give me a new invitation that's comprised of the active record object and the mailer, right? Mm -hmm. So if I have like... Um, say I'm on a, a team and there's a team object in my system and I want to be able to retrieve all the invitations that are currently, you know, open and waiting to be accepted, uh, that have been sent from that team. 
I need some way to get those. And that needs to query the database and then construct these new objects with the mailer. So um, the concrete example, I mean, we can keep with the invitation one, but I'll, I'll, maybe it's more useful to switch to something where I actually have code that I can look at. But right. uh, in nitpick, there's like repositories that represent like GitHub repositories and like pull requests, objects like that, right? So I have this repository object and there's also a repository active record model. So when someone signs up for an account, I dump all of their repositories from their GitHub account into the database. So I have like a reference to what the API URL is for each of them and stuff like that. So people can activate them and I can add the webhook token and stuff like that. So when I want to get a repository to work with, I want to be able to do things like fetch a list of open pull requests on that repository or something, right? Which needs to use the GitHub API. So I have a GitHub API client class. And if I just want to have an API like repository get pull requests, then that repository needs a reference to that GitHub API. It also needs a reference to the Eloquent model, so it knows what the URL was for the repository and all that stuff. So I end up having, like, the class would have been called repository repository. (laughs) (laughs) But... I ended up calling it just repositories and that takes the GitHub API client as a dependency only so that it can forward it on to the other objects that it's building to kind of like spit out Mm -hmm. at you. Right. And in that case, it didn't seem too funky because I'm just kind of using it to fetch stuff from the database, but in the invitation case or in any case where you need to like create new instances, not just fetch existing ones, it feels like I need to have like an invitation factory that takes a mailer as a dependency and then I say invitation factory build invitation and that gives me a new invitation object that has, you know, the newly saved eloquent model and the mailer that the factory took as its dependency that it passed down the chain mm-hmm. to give back to me. And something about like having to like use a class called invitation factory, which just seems like so not related to my domain at all, mm-hmm. just like feels like a high cost thing to have in my code base. Like it feels like it's adding a lot of cognitive overhead and like detracting from like my standard ubiquitous language. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know, like, is that something that you've run into in the past or can you think of like a better way to, to deal with that, to be able to like use composition and put together these objects without having some other object that takes the dependency that it needs to pass into these objects. Right. I have a couple different thoughts on that. So the one is like your send method, uh, the hypothetical send message from before. Um, that would be a fetch in this one, right? Or do, do we jump uh, examples in there? Uh, we kind of jumped around a lot. Okay. Are you talking about invitations? Yeah. Okay, so I'll go back to invitations. If we did invitation.send, you could always have the extra argument or an extra argument be the mailer type, right? That gets passed to send. Yeah. So that way yeah. you don't So this was to... the fourth strategy that I wanted to, ah, wanted to get gotcha. into, but yeah. So, so that's one. Um, the other is if I, if you had the send invitation or invitation sender or any of those, if you had something like that, that you could map over, um, and just keep sending it to that one, you can kind of eliminate the entire need for the invitation sender concept. You just keep sending it through. You tell that one to, to, uh, new up with whatever you want, and then you're just composing it in a functional chain at that point. Like you're still creating your objects, but so you would ask the invitation sender to create you the new invitation, and then you could tell the invitation to send itself. Yeah, because um, if you need to create it, you might as well just do it in um, like the the way that you've been kind of promoting lately. Do it in a in the functional pipeline. Just say like, okay, create all these invitations. 
now uh, map them into the invitation center then go ahead and send them all off or you know if you want to optimize it you pop it into something that knows how to compose those into one so you're not iterating over like a list of a thousand sure. times yeah yeah but um that kind of concept makes the most sense to me right now at least and then you know the one that i mentioned earlier where you just add another like comma mailer type let me just send that along yeah so i mean that was actually something that I hadn't thought of myself until I was talking to a friend about it. And um, I never really thought about like kind of flipping things around. So like instead of having say like, you know, an invitation mailer say that has like send invitation as a method and it takes the invitation, you'd have invitation that has a send method that takes the invitation mailer that it should use to send itself. Mm -hmm. So it's like not a constructor dependency. It's just like a dependency for that one action, but the action lives on the, class that it's operating on rather than the action living on the class is going to be used right. to do the like work, the collaborator that makes sense yeah and and then inside of you know invitation send maybe it does call invitation mailer mm-hmm. send invitation and pass itself in i don't know what you call that like when something takes something and then passes itself into that thing inside of it but it seems like it would read a little bit cleaner and then you know the real world's code then in your controller say like say you had you know the controller action for uh creating a new invitation that controller would then take the mailer as a dependency and it would just pass that mailer into the send method on the invitation and that seemed like a kind of a interesting clean way to do it to me that i hadn't really thought of before because i've always thought of dependencies as being things that are injected at construction time but when a dependency is only really used for one method it's kind of a neat idea to just pass it in to that one method. But it's it's the interesting part is that you're not passing in the data to be operated on. You're passing in like the mechanism that's going to operate on right. the data. I and that's know. like higher order functions with classes at that point, right? You're passing in the strategy for things to work against. We use that a lot for caching, actually. Like the way the way you phrased it made me think about it. We have like um, lesson data for students, right? Um, so if we have our lesson object for a convenience way to do it, we have like the serialization format. So if you call like dot ready to go, we'll say, cause I don't remember what the method's called. It'll call like lesson data cache, whatever dot new pass in self pass in like some other argument. And then it calls dot data. So it pulls that out, memoizes it into the existing object. So it's all done lazily. And then that data is provided as if it's living on the lesson itself. So you know, that's a pretty common pattern in our code base. And like you, I don't know the name for it, but it's it's effective, right? <laughs> if I needed to swap out the strategy, I could, but it's almost always that exact caching mechanism. I guess I could swap it out for a hash, but... Yeah. So that um, opens up like kind of another idea that I think is kind of an interesting blend between the first version, which is like the facade version, and then the fourth version where the mailer is a dependency of the send method rather than the invitation being a parameter to the mailer. And that is that you could make that uh, mailer parameter optional, right? Right. So you could have invitation send that optionally takes a mailer and it will use that mailer if you pass it in, but otherwise it can resolve the mailer directly out of the service container. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't have, I mean, if it's resolving out of the service container, then you can always replace that uh, whatever's bound in there from the outside but say it was other say it would otherwise like new up a mailer directly inside of itself mm-hmm. that way you could still 
test it with a stub or a mock if you wanted to by passing that in and overriding the one that it would create by default. But in your actual production code, you could just not pass the parameter and keep that kind of information encapsulated in there to simplify kind of how you use it in the code base. Exactly. So I don't know. Is that is that a pattern that you see used frequently or often? Or have you done anything like that on the stuff that you work on regularly? Yeah, we use a lot of the optional arguments for not just for testing, but things that we might need to swap out in certain situations, but it's not the common case. Yeah. Like a big one's during a refactoring. If we have a large bit of behavior, we'll kind of create a class adjacent to the other one. We won't replace it until it's actually done. Um, And in that case, then we can delete it. So we might be swapping it out for that secondary implementation in most cases, but leaving it with the original in a different. Um, So that little bit of polymorphism there helps. And this whole pattern, I remember DHH wrote an article about how he hates it a couple years ago, like passing in a date time to uh, like a method. Like yeah, yeah. He has, a, he has an article <laughs> called like dependency injection is not a virtue. Yeah, you're right. He gives, I can't remember the exact example, but I also found that article a little bit, not confusing, I guess, but it never, it didn't really ever feel like it was talking about the same type of dependency injection that we're normally talking about with like constructor injection like it was more like i mean he he picks the one that's like the hardest to argue against almost which is like he's relying on global a global reference to like the current time or current date right right i don't ever really feel that guilty about doing like new date time somewhere in a code base and i use carbon all the time anyways in php just because the fact that i can stub the current time by just doing like carbon set test now or whatever and set it to a fixed date so i can still control that from the outside which you guys would use like time cop or whatever exactly in ruby right so yeah in his example he has like i mean he he used the same example at like the keynote that he gave uh at RailsConf like right. two years ago the or whatever. super inflammatory one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where he's talking about like, say you have like a person and you want to get like their current age or something. So they'd have like a person.age and DHH was like, if you're using dependency injection, then now you have to like inject the current time into the age method because otherwise that person has no reference to what the current time is. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say person.age and the person has a birthday of, you know, we'll say exactly 10 years ago or whatever, then the only way that you can know that they're 10 years old is if inside that age method, it has the ability to figure out what the current time is unless you pass the time in. And he was saying that it doesn't seem that bad to have to pass the time into that method. If you want to go down this like path of making sure that nothing ever reaches out to global state for anything, including things like the current time, then, okay, it's one method, it's one parameter, fine. But as soon as you have another method on that same object that depends on the age, now it starts to feel like really weird. Like say you have a can drink method on the person. So if you want to say like person dot can drink and you have to pass in the current date because it needs to pass that current date to the age method when it talks, when it asks itself for its age, now all of a sudden it starts to feel like it's polluting the code base and kind of like working its way through into these places where you wouldn't expect to necessarily have to pass it in. Right. So, and thus the call graph explodes and nothing makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we've been going for quite a while. I think it would be kind of fun to kind of bring a full circle and, uh, close it off on kind of the topic that we started on. So we talked about four options f- for dealing with 
needing an external dependency in an object whose constructor you don't control. We landed on access the dependency from a service container or new it up yourself or have some other global reference to it. Mm-hmm. Create a separate class whose only responsibility is basically that one method that you wanted to have on that object. Uh, so you do control its constructor and can inject the dependency and pass the object whose constructor you don't control as a parameter to the method on that object, like the invitation sender in this case. The third option was to put together a new object using composition that represents that original object, but composed of the object that contains the data, which would be the active record object in this case, and the object that lets you perform the functionality that you need, which is the mailer in this case. So you have three objects at play, an invitation composed of an invitation record and a mailer. And the fourth option is to keep the method on the object whose constructor you don't control, but pass the dependency in as a parameter to that method. Mm -hmm. So out of those four options in the invitation scenario that I was actually writing, I happily landed on just using the facade, which is like not something I would have done any time in the past couple years and not felt horribly guilty about it. But after like really assessing what the alternatives were and kind of like weighing the pros and cons, I feel like the costs of using the facade are manageable enough that it was not worth it to me to do anything different. Mm -hmm. And I feel very good and mature about coming to that uh, decision and not just like blindly thinking I have to do anything a certain way. Out of those four options... What is the one that resonates most deeply with you? Uh, before I give my answer, I do want to say something about your answer, which is like, I, I personally find that to be a completely valid solution to it, right? And like, there's people who will hate the shit out of it. <laughs> but ultimately, if it's in your app, it's pragmatic at the time, and it's something that you can easily switch out, I say it's perfect. Like, for you to look around for something like um, the male facade. Yeah. You can super easily grep or find replace all instances mm-hmm. and then just like let your IDE handle it or you handle it manually super quick. Not a big deal. So to me, that's good. I think my solution would either be two or four. I prefer just creating the extra service object around it because um, that way I do have this new domain entity that knows how to perform some action because I'll probably use that somewhere else anyway. But I also like four because it's convenient and doesn't disrupt anything but that method with like the same concept of what you're doing. Yeah. Where I'm just saying, hey, go out, get this from a service locator, or just from a static method on a class or renewing it up. If someone did not pass in argument two, fetch this and then use it. Yeah. I'm going to say two is my final answer, but I also find four to be a very close second. <laughs> so the one thing that I would like to kind of close it off on is that i still think my instinct is to use dependency injection whenever there's no pain Mm -hmm. because not using it has costs so my default is certainly not to just use a facade somewhere if i can just as easily inject the dependency right to me it's simpler and clearer to just inject the dependency if it's just as easy as using the global reference Mm -hmm. what do you think you agree disagree yes And the big thing there is keep tooling so it does it for you. And then we don't have to worry about it anymore. That's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. But I do think it's interesting that I feel like I've kind of come full circle a little bit to the point where I don't feel guilty about doing it when the alternative seems more painful 
to me. So I think that's an interesting point to leave it on. I think hopefully that's something people can uh, keep in mind is to kind of uh, assess these different ideas for their own situations and context and kind of assess the pros and cons and trade-offs of of each one and never feel like something is automatically not an option. Like using the facade is automatically not an option and you have to work around it at all costs Mm -hmm. because the cost might be higher than the reason that people say don't use the facade. Exactly. I agree. Good ending point. Cool. Any closing thoughts? Um, Take a look at other paradigms. I think that's always the best one. Just see how someone else is solving the exact same problem because, you know, computing software is, it's going to be the same problems in different scopes and different spaces. So if you look at a functional language like Elm, you import all of these namespaces to use a function no matter where you are, and they don't bat an eye at it. It's just how you do certain things. Um, Sure, there's different safety guards in there, but it's a different way of doing it. Procedural code might do it completely differently, or if we could pass a Lambda into something and handle it through there. So before you make your decision, before you kind of call something a faux pas, Take a look at other solutions, see what works for you, and be pragmatic about it. Awesome. Great place to end it off, I think. What's the best way for people to follow you online and find out what you're up to if they haven't uh, listened to any other Machuga full-stack radio classics? (laughs) Uh, I'm generally found at at Machuga on Twitter, same for GitHub, and my website is MatthewMachuga.com. Anything uh, exciting going on that you want to plug before we go? Planning is going on for Erie Day of Code Conference in June. Is this a third year for that now or a second year? This is the second year, which I believe you are trying to speak at, right? Hopefully. I, I asked yeah. you to speak at that, and hopefully there's no date conflicts. That would be pretty cool. So there's that, and just want to keep coding. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. It's been fun uh, chatting with you. We'll have to do it again sometime in the coming months and find out what we've both been up to and uh, talk about some more of this uh, crap again. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. More concrete examples, more goodies. I love it. Awesome. Uh, show notes for this episode will be at www.fullstackradio.com slash 34. And uh, if you can rate and review the show on iTunes, that would be awesome. I check that once in a while, and I see lots of five-star ratings from people and people saying positive things, and it always brightens my day and makes me feel good. So if you like what uh, we're doing, definitely uh, let us know. If you've got ideas for guests or topics or things that you'd uh, like to learn more about, uh, let me know. Thanks again to uh, Jeffrey Way from Laracasts for sponsoring Full Stack Radio, as always. If you uh, want to learn more about things like dependency injection and PHP and Laravel or Laracast has tons and tons and tons of awesome videos on basically every topic related to web development with JavaScript and PHP that you could possibly imagine. Probably the best nine bucks a month that you could spend on your software education. So definitely check it out. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.